And so this morning, as we get started, I want to ask you a question. Do you have what it takes? What do you think? Do you have what it takes? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on what I'm talking about, right? Do you have what it takes to dunk a 10-foot goal? I don't. <laughs> I'll be straight up with you. I cannot dunk a 10. I can't even dunk a 6-foot goal, much less a 10-foot goal. But do you have what it takes? Do you have what it takes to win the Kentucky Derby? Well, uh, no, I don't. It was supposed to be yesterday, and obviously with all the coronavirus, things have been changed. But do you have what it takes to just make it through life? Do you have what it takes to live a godly life? Do you have what it takes to measure up to the standard that God has for us? Do you have what it takes to be sanctified and glorified? Well, today I want us to look at these questions. Do you have what it takes and we're going to dive in. We're in 2 Peter today. 2 Peter is near the book of Revelation. So if you want to turn to 2 Peter, if you go all the way to the end of the Bible and just go back to the left just a little bit, you're going to find 2 Peter. 2 Peter is a small book. It's a small letter. It is a letter written by Peter, the one who lived with Jesus, who was one of the disciples. He, Peter is the one who denied Jesus. Peter is the one who walked on water and then he fell into the water. But he was the only wet one in the boat because he actually got out and had faith. Peter is the one that was important in the life of the disciples. Peter is the one who preached the first message and there were over 3,000 people that gave their life to Christ. Peter is an important player in the history of the church. So he writes this letter. A, a, a little bit later, probably about 30, 35, 40 years late, later after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's writing to the church, and he really has something that he really wants to say very clearly, and it has to do with growing and the growth. In fact, in 1 Peter, his first letter in chapter 2, verse 2, he said, Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up. In your salvation. He's really intentional about this growing up that he wants to get across to all of us. Uh, in, in chapter 3, verse 18, he says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge. There again, he wants, he wants to get across this idea of growth and growing. Here's the thing. Many people want the abundance of God's special favor. They want God's special peace, but they aren't willing to put forth the effort in getting to know Him. And that is something I want us to dive into as we look in 2 Peter, because as we want more of God, we have to make some effort and we have to do something with this. Let's begin reading in verse number 1 here. Simon Peter, a bondservant of uh, the apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. I want you to notice something very interesting that Peter says God and Savior Jesus Christ. Right here, Peter is declaring Jesus to be divine. God with skin on, right here. So, by the righteousness of God our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus 
our Lord. I want us to go deeper now. It is time for us to go deeper. It's time for us to go deep. So let's begin to dive into this. And the first thing I want us to notice here is in verses 2 and 3. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge, the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. So the very first thing is this, if we want more of God, we need to know, have more knowledge of Him. If we want more of God, we need more knowledge of of him. And this is what Peter's alluding to here is that as your knowledge of God increases, so will that that experience, that that closeness, that favor, that grace, if you will. There's a Greek word that's used here in this idea of knowledge. It's epigenosis, and it means simply authentic knowledge, not pretend, not made up, not something that you're not really sure of, but it's authentic knowledge of God. See, Peter isn't interesting interested in how many Bible verses you can quote quote, how many times you've gone to church, he's not interested on, on, on whether or not you've said God 15 times this past week or if you've said it 150 times. What Peter is pointing us to here is we must increase that epigenosis, that, that absolute authentic knowledge of God himself and growing in that. We must increase our knowledge of God. Why? Because he knows us so well. God knows us better than we know ourselves. So we need to increase our knowledge of who he is. Chuck Swindoll said this, How well does God know you? Well, you are the object of his attention every moment of every day of your life. Somebody needs to hear that today. How well does God know you? Well, you are the object of his attention every moment of every day of your life personally. That's how well he knows you, how much he wants to be near you. Here's a, there's a word in verse 2 that, that I love here, Miss Judy. Check, check this out. Verse 2, grace and peace be added to you. Is that what your translation says? No, it says multiplied. So let's talk about some math for a moment. Miss Judy is into math. She's into numbers. She's, she, she knows this stuff very well. Uh, math. When it comes to 5, if I go 5 plus 5, Paul, what do I get? 10. If I go 5 times 5, what do I get? 25. How about 10? Let's take 10 for, for a, a instance. If I have 10 and I add 10 to it, what do I get? But if I have 10 and I multiply it by 10, what do I get? 100. See, look what uh, Peter is saying here. He's saying, seeing that, uh, uh, verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you, not just added, not just, just stuck on, but multiplied so that there's more and more. You know, I like to think of it like this. It goes beyond my ability. I may be able to add something, but the multiplication is way much bigger than what I could ever be able to do. 10 times 10 equals 100. But in my efforts, it would be 10 plus 1, which would equal 11. But he is asking here, Peter, see, he, he's saying in verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So that multiplication comes through knowing God a little bit better. Learning about Him and growing and understanding God a little bit more. And so more grace and more favor will come along because 
because you know Him better. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance of for every good deed. Abundance, multiplied. It is overwhelming. It is bigger than you ever imagined. It has become so great and so powerful. But let's not stop there. Let's look again in verse 3. Seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Here's what I like. The second thing for you to write down today is that we already have all we need. We already have all that we need. It said right here in verse 3, Peter says, Seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything that is all encompassing there isn't anything that's not included in everything that he has granted to us everything needed not wanted but everything needed for life and godliness so as we are looking at this verse and how it pertains to us growing deeper, we have to see and understand that God's already supplied what we need. Everything you need to become all you were meant to be, you already have access to. Now, there was a publisher by the name of Randolph Hearst, and one time he had uh, he liked to collect art, and he had this idea that he had, there there's this one little painting, this one piece that he wanted so bad. He asked his staff to begin to search the entire world over. So they began to search throughout the world, and they began to search in different places, and they began to look, and they began to look, and finally they came back to him and said, "We have looked all over the world. We've been to other countries. We have talked to other people. We cannot find." this painting that you're wanting uh, so badly. And then one day there was someone in his basement where he had a lot of his collection and they were actually cleaning up and they were sorting through some things and lo and behold the man already had what he had been looking for. It was in the basement the entire time that they were all out trying to find it. See, here's, here's our problem. If you don't know you have it, you will look for it in places and find things that are not it in hopes that what you find will be it when it is already in your possession. Whew, let me say that again. That, that was a mouthful. If you don't know you have it, you will be looking for it in places and find things that are not it in hopes that what you find will be it when all along you already had it in your possession. What that means is that God's already given you everything that is needed for life and for godliness. You may uh, worry about, can I be a good mother? Let me tell you something. The Word of God says here, God's already given you access to everything that you need to be a good mother. You may be wondering, can I really be, uh, uh, be that man that, that, that my kids are going to look up to? Well, according to the Word of God right here, He's already given you everything needed for life and for godliness. He has provided it for you. What are you looking for? Because it's already there. Maybe you're trying to find hope. Maybe you're trying to find peace. Maybe you're trying to find strength. Maybe there's something that you're looking for that you've not been able to find. Can I tell you, it's already there. But you may ask, why can't I find it? Why can't I not find what I'm looking for? 
Well, your lack of finding it doesn't mean that it's not there. It doesn't mean that it, it is absent. It doesn't mean that it's aloof and it's way off in the distance. Sometimes what it means when you can't find it, it just means that there's something that's hiding it. There's something standing in the way. There's something blocking the view. There's something that is, is, is clouding the waters, if you will. So you just can't quite see that you already have it when you already got it. And so what we want to do is really dive into this idea so that we can find ways that we can really grab hold of what God's already given to you so that you can be victorious. You know, there's a lot of times, especially at Christmas, Daniel, or, or, or maybe when you just go buy something and you're going to buy a package and on it you'll be looking, Miss Gina, and it'll say, batteries not included. Well, let me tell you something. God does not give us a box with batteries not included written on it. He gives it to us and it says batteries included. The power is there. The sufficiency is available. And you, we can just access it. So where is it at? How do we find it? Well, I love that we can jump into verse 3 a little bit deeper here and, and, and into verse 4. Seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge, the epigenosis, the authentic knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Verse 4. For by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises Yes and amen. Can I just say yes and amen right there? We sang about that today. His precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. See, here's what's amazing here, ladies and gentlemen, is that what Peter is telling us is that we are partakers of His divine nature. See, we've got a... We've got a sinful nature. We've got a nature that will mess things up. But here's the beauty about being a partaker of His divine nature. It is that whenever we are connected and locked into Him, we've got a source that goes beyond our abilities. In the moments when we think we can't go no more, He's got more strength. When, when we think we can't understand anymore, He's got more knowledge and more revelation. He is there to give to us the things that He clearly has already provided for us. But how do we find it? How do we get there? Well, confidence in God's promises is the way we plug into the power and love of God. Notice it talked about His precious and magnificent promises. The thing is, how many promises do we know? Are we aware of His promises? It is by His promises we are made partakers of His divine nature. See, it's not just a magic pill like you would take or a magic food that you would eat and then all of a sudden you just feel great and you've got all that you've ever needed, all that you've ever wanted, and you are just walking in the bliss of, of perfection. That's not the way it works. God has provided it all for us. We are partakers of His divine nature because His divine nature lives where? Is it in this building that we call Chicopee Baptist Church? It is within us. The Holy Spirit is right here living in us. We have partaken in the Holy Spirit, the divine nature of God. That's where we can find this, is diving into those promises and the things that He has given us. God is able to bring to pass and fulfill every promise He has ever made in Scripture. If that is not true, heaven is not real. If that is not true, 
there is no forgiveness and there's no answer to prayer. And I got news for you. On Friday when we started praying for Paisley, her heart has not stopped beating since. We began to pray and God answered prayers. And we're going to continue to pray. God answers prayers. God is available for us because all His promises are what? Yes and Amen. Life is hopeless if God does not have the power to do what He said He would do. So here are just some, some ideas, some, just a few little snippets of promises that are found in Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it promises that, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, I like this one. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those crushed in spirit. Isaiah 41, 13, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. James chapter 1, verse 5, If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. John chapter 8, verse 36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. These are promises that God has offered to us, and it's not just something someone has said or something you have heard. They are written down in His Word so we can see them, and we can absolutely know that He is a big enough God to bring them to pass. So we can hold on to those. Those are the things that we have to search for in times to find what He's already provided. See, He's already provided for us 66 books filled with promises for us to hold on to so that we can have everything that we need for life and godliness to become more like Christ is right here in the Word of God. So as we are looking at Second Peter we don't have to have the power to raise people from the dead because we are connected and have the Holy Spirit living within us that raised Jesus from the dead. We don't, we don't have to, to try to figure out how to fix stuff when God Himself has provided answers to us and we just need to find them and look for them and draw near to Him to get to know Him better. Now, I know that there is this, this idea that's kind of crazy here because... You know, we, we read early here that He has given us everything needed pertaining to life and godliness. But yet, we also see that, that there is this idea that we need to get to know Him better. So how can it be that He's given us everything, but we need to do something? Well, it's because it's supplied, but we need to, to find what's already there. The nutrients of growth that I want us to really focus on today is that our growth is dependent upon God's provision and not mine. It's dependent on God's provision and not mine. I am not the one providing what is needed for life and godliness. He's already pr provided it for me. God is living in me. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. I want to go with this idea for a seed for a moment. Are you satisfied living with the seed that is within you? How about, how about this? Think about a seed for a moment. If, if I had, and I wish I had one, I'd show it to you. If I had a seed that you would use to plant corn with, 
And I took that little seed and I held it here in my finger. In that seed would be all the potential to create a stalk, all the potential to create ears, and all the potential to create corn. In that seed would be every potential needed. It it has been given everything needed to fulfill what it has been designed to be. Let's take an acorn for instance. An acorn... It has everything needed to become a great big tree to produce a place for, for, for birds and, and, and create shade. Everything that is needed is found within that little acorn. But if I just leave it here on this podium with me, what exactly is going to happen? All that that's being given to it will not be able to be fulfilled because there's something it needs. God has provided and invaded the seed placed within you with the Holy Spirit to give you everything that you need. What do we need to do? How do we get that seed growing? We have to provide the the environment. we got to provide the place. Because if I took a corn seed and I tried to plant it in the middle of December... Maybe somewhere else instead of Georgia because you never know what the temperature is going to be like here in Georgia. But if I tried to plant it in Alaska in December, that corn seed is not going to grow. But if I take that corn seed and I plant it right now near my house and the sun begins to hit it and the temperatures are just right, the soil has the nutrients in it, it gets the right water, then that potential, everything that's being given to that seed will begin to burst forth. Now look, it's not dependent upon me to provide everything in that seed that it's needed to bring forth everything that God created it to be. What I have to do is work within the environment and the season and where I am to bring about the conditions where God can work within me and bring out of me the beauty that He has already given to me. See, Max Licato said this, God has given us what we need to live a godly life. And that life begins with a paradigm shift. We do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. In the wilderness, you seek God's attention. But in the promised land, you already have God's favor. You move from wanting to have believing that you already do have. And so... What we want to talk about, let's begin to just look at verses 5 through 7 here because this is the soul, this is the nutrients, this, is, this isn't us failing at trying to be a Christian and not living up to these standards. This is, this is the, the idea of someone coming along and saying, okay, you need to till the soil a little bit, get, get the ground nice and soft, plant this seed right here, give it some water, let the sun come in. So keep that in mind as we read verses 5 through 7. Now for this very reason also, a Applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. Now, when we look at this, I don't want us to begin to think, well, I'm not doing all those things, so I must have failed. That's not what Peter's getting at here. What he's saying is you already have everything, and if you want the greatest potential from the seed God has put into you, 
Work within these bounds and in this environment, and you're going to find God doing great things through you and out of you into other people's lives. So as we look at this, we can begin to evaluate what's the soil like that God's seed is in within my life. What, what is the environment like? What is the nutrients that's going on with that seed that's within me? Because we have to keep in mind the Word of God promises that everything that is needed has already been provided. We just provide help with that environment to bring it out. God's already given us everything we need. So today, as we look into this scripture a little bit more, let's read in verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless or unfruitful in the true knowledge. There's that word again, going back to the very first thing, that for us to, to really grow in God's favor and grace, we need to know God more. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. In other words, what Peter is saying here is, is if you're not putting your seed in the right environment, you're going to find yourself just blindly trying to find something to fill a void that's already been given to you. Verse 10, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice this, these things, you will never Stumble. These things being that environment, that soil, that, that place where you can take that seed that God has given you. Everything needed for life and godliness and enhance it. See, here's where we're going to get down to what I must do. What a lot of people think I must do is read more books, spend more time relaxing. I need to, to, to just get my mind off of the worries and troubles of the world instead of moving their hearts and mind into a place where they can worship God and put Christ first regardless of how busy they are in their life. See, there is a big difference, my friend, from a, a parent who will simply look at some book to give them some idea of how they're supposed to be parenting their kid and someone who will come to the house of the God, bring their kid when they don't have a clue what they're doing and just try to find some help with the people around them and look in God's Word. There's a difference between those two parents. One thinks that they know everything. The other one thinks that, that I, I'm just learning and God's going to have to give it to me. Let me tell you of those two parents which one's going to make the biggest impact in their child's life. The one that raises their kids up in a church. The one that raises them up in the Word of God. Because one day that parent's going to walk away. That parent's not going to be at college. That parent's not going to be around them. And God's Word is going to well up in them and that closeness is going to bring them to a place of making decisions that go beyond the ideas that the parents may have gotten out of a book. So today I want to get this idea that we need to be certain about our calling in God. We have to be certain that God has called us and we know that we are born again. You know, there are many people that think there are some that are called and some that are not. According to Scripture, the Word of God says that God does not wish that anyone should perish, that all should come to the repentance of Jesus Christ. So today, if you're unsure whether or not, if you died right now, you'd go to heaven before you can even access and understand everything that God has given to you, you must know that you are born again and you belong to the one and only Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. You must know. Be sure of your calling. Notice how, how he says this here in verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling. 
the calling of Christ in your life to be the son or the daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is what we need to be certain of today. The second thing is this. Notice that, that he says to be certain about his calling and choosing you. When we have been chosen, that means that God sent his son to die on a cross so that you and I may have eternal life. And by doing that, he has placed within us and for us a certain identity in Christ. That means that we are saints and we are royal and we are holy and we are chosen. That we are someone with value. It's not measured by what we once knew. It's not measured by what what other people have said. I love what God said to Jeremiah. I knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. There was value to life before conception with God. I had called you to something great when you were in your mother's womb. God has a plan for each of us. Will we embrace it? So here's here's the second thing. Know the truth about my position in Christ. Know the truth about my position in Christ. Because so many people I come across don't understand how Jesus has given us an identity that transcends performance and other people's opinions. When we look at who we are in Jesus Christ, it is not dependent on what someone else thinks about us, what someone else has said about us. It's about what God has done because of that rebirth through Jesus Christ who's made us who we are. We are a child of the King, ladies and gentlemen. We are a child of God. And with that, we need to stand with confidence and know that the lies can just hit the road, Jack, because we need to be certain of our calling and know the truth about our position in Christ Jesus. That will change your life completely. So this morning, here's a challenge for you for the next seven days. Here's your challenge. What if you took every day and wrote down a different promise of God? A a promise that you could find and you could just write down that one promise. Just one promise over the next few days. And I do believe that you'd begin to see and think different. See, that's how you can know God better. By simply digging into His promises, as it says here in chapter 1, get these promises down, get them out of His Word, and get them so you can see them, and you can begin to believe them and live them and walk with them. Because there's some in there that will absolutely rock your world and change everything that you think. This morning as Miss Gina comes to play and as we begin to turn our hearts and minds toward God, We want to really ask you a question. I began this whole sermon with this idea. Do you have what it takes? Do you have what it takes? Let me let you know that if you have Jesus Christ in your life, you got everything that is needed for life and godliness. Regardless of what you've been going through, regardless of how hard it is, God has given you everything that you need to make it through it. To get to the other side. But even in that, you have to know Jesus Christ to be able to have access to it. Do you know Jesus today? Are you sure of that calling where God has said, would you please come? Come to me. Accept my son, Jesus Christ. Begin that relationship. If you have begun that relationship today, maybe you have gotten distracted on all the things that God has promised. Maybe today you need to be reminded 
He's not left you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He is right there with you. Maybe today you need to be reminded that you are the child of a king and that he loves you dearly and you are on his mind every second of your life. And he wants to see great things for you. And maybe what you've been looking for, it's not that it's not there, but maybe God God has it. There's just something in the way that needs to just be worked on or moved out of the way so you can see it a little bit better. I'm not sure where you may be today. Maybe you need to accept Jesus Christ. If you do, would you just, right now, we're going to put up a thing where you can respond by raising your hand to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning. And if you need to accept Christ, you may push that button and you can accept Him today. Maybe today you already know Jesus and you just need to dedicate yourself to Him more and say, God, I need to find that seed. I need to find what it is to help me through. Today's the day that you can surrender that to Him. Will you join me in prayer, Father, this morning? I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ asking that you will move in a, in a way within the hearts of the people that they can understand the beauty and the glory that you have given us everything needed for life and godliness. We do have what it takes because you've already given it to us. And we thank you for that, Father. Today, if someone does not know you, someone is not connected to you, they're not calling you their Savior and Lord, they're not sure whether or not they will go to heaven when they die. Maybe they're worried, they're scared. Maybe they they just think it's something you can't know. I know plenty of people who know for certain because they've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So right now, as everyone across this whole community and even into other states this morning have their head bowed and their eyes closed if you need to receive Jesus this morning would you just repeat after me dear God I've messed up and I want to know you and I want to be sure that I know you forgive me of my sins take over my life turn everything over to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. The great promise in the Word says that you have become a new creation. Let us know that that has happened today. Let us know today that your life has been changed for the rest of us today. Take this serious. That it really says Hold on. Maybe this is one of your first promises for the entire week. You can write down 2 Peter chapter 1, where it says, verse 3, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. That's a great promise today. you got everything needed. Everything that is needed, God has provided through Jesus Christ for you.